Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Sports Garden Network Podcast, your source for sports entertainment, incredible sports wagering intelligence. Welcome, sports fans. This is Wagering Week. I'm Tom Barn. That's right. We are Wagering Week. Facebook and Twitter is how you get in touch with us. 855, the number 4, G-A-R-T-E-N as well. If you want to go to the social media, it is Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, hashtag S-G-N, iTunes, iHeartRadio, any of our fine syndicated affiliates, that is how you can listen to us. And guys, what we have today, oh, it's our Major League Baseball preview. This should be a good one. I wait all year for this one. I am pumped up. Look, I get it. Some of you guys out there, you're a little upset because there was a delay because of the labor negotiations. Forget it all. Forget it all. Just sit back and enjoy and understand this is the time to make money. One of the most popular misconceptions in sports betting is that you can't make money on baseball. People don't make money on baseball. And I tell you this, and I tell you this every year. So for the new people out there, I'll repeat myself once again. When you go up to the window and you're a walk-up and ask them for their limits at any casino— Give them their limits. Okay, what's the limit on football? Football, NFL will be the highest. The next highest, college football, college basketball, NBA, NHL. And what is the lowest walk-up limit? Major League Baseball. Guys, they're not limiting people because you're winning. Oh, no, no, no. They're winning. They're limiting people because they're not winning because you can beat this. There's 162 games times all of these teams, right? I mean, we're talking 30 teams, 162, plenty of time to make money. When you're talking about props and totals, it gets even more deep. It's a marathon, yes. But if you pick your spots, there's a perfect opportunity in Major League Baseball to make money. And you think about it like this. The worst team in the league, usually, generally, I mean, you know, you had the the Orioles last year, but generally speaking, the worst team in the league uh, is going to win about 60 games, which means they're going to lose 100 games, okay? You're still winning 60. And if you're that bad, 45 to 50 of those games are going to be plus money. You can make money on bad teams. What about the good teams? Even the good teams are still going to lose about 60 games, so there's an idea of, well, you can make money on, on underdogs. You can make money, big-time money, plus 250 underdogs, plus 200 underdogs. Make your money back. This is the philosophy of Major League Baseball and how you can make money. There's also different ways to skin this cat, so to speak. There's ways of using the total, using team totals, using first five inning plays. All of it is at our disposal to really be able to navigate through the waters and make some good money if we are smart throughout the baseball season. I'm pumped up for baseball season. You guys can hear it in my voice because every single baseball year, I make money. I mean, I make a lot of money. 
because you got to pick your spots. You got to go with your, your pitchers that you like, the streaks that you like, and you can make money too. So with that said, that's how we're going to bet it. I do want to get into it. Let's break it down. We'll start with the American League first. We'll take a quick break, come back to the National League. And then at the end of the show, I want to give you all of my award winners. And also, we'll get into, you know, some of the betting notes, news and notes and things of that nature. So, we'll start it off right here. The most competitive division, the American League East. And the American League East, from top to bottom, can almost go every way with the exception of the Baltimore Orioles. Look, Baltimore is going to finish in last place. We know that. The betting line is right now saying that Toronto is a slight favorite. Tampa Bay are about right there. The Yankees and Red Sox not far behind. Well, why? Last year, nine games separated Tampa Bay, Boston, the Yankees, and Toronto. The Rays won 100, Boston and the Yankees won 92, and Toronto won 91 games. Then you had the Baltimore Orioles back at 52 wins. Look, Baltimore has a bright future. And I'm not going to just sugarcoat what their year is going to be this year. I don't think they're a 52-win team. I think they probably get a nice improvement. But look, what is a nice improvement for the Baltimore Orioles? 62, 65 wins. We're talking about a 13-game improvement, but they're still going to be a last-place team. They were 48 games back of the race last year. It's going to be a bad season in Baltimore. But there is some nice hope on the way. Adelaide Rushman's coming up. I love Mullins. They got some good pitching in Hall and Rodriguez. Gunnar Henderson's a guy to keep an eye on. Baltimore's going to be okay in a few years. But this year, it's going to be another grueling test. I don't think they only win 52. But it wouldn't shock me if they lose 100 again. I, that's kind of where I have them tabbed. I think they are improved. Probably get to about 60 to 62 wins. You go up from there. And here we go. Now you have the four big boys scrunched together. And you have Tampa Bay, Boston, the Yankees, and Toronto. And the four big boys are scrunched together. And you you wonder who's going to kind of fall off the map here. Who's going to be the team behind? You know, I I, it, I hate to, to go out here and say what everybody's thinking. Uh, but what everyone's thinking is it's going to be close again. Nine games separated these teams last year. I think it's actually closer than that. So when I tell you about my fourth place team, it doesn't mean that I think that they're going to get massively uh, just destroyed. It's that I see 92 wins next to the Boston Red Sox from last year, and I think they lose a couple more. I think that they are a 90-win team. Why? Well, they don't have Chris Sale. Eduardo Rodriguez wasn't fantastic, but he was a key component to that team of at least eating innings. You did bring in Trevor Story, sure, so that certainly helps. But I think that the loss of Chris Sale certainly does really impact this team. I don't know what you could count on him for. So to me, the Boston Red Sox are a team that I'm not looking at their team total one way or the other. When you're sitting here and you want to have a conversation, you want to sit back across the bar from me and you want to argue that the Boston Red Sox are a 97-win team, 98-win team. All right, okay. You want to argue that they're an 85, 86-win team? Yeah, that's an okay statement as well. And I think a lot of teams are going to fall into that. Boston is a team I won't be betting on for a futures play at all. I do expect them to be a fourth-place team, but within shouting distance of winning the division. I say the same thing here about the Tampa Rays. Tampa Bay won a ton of one-run games last year. Every single game, it seemed like they were winning one-run games and one-run games and close games and tight-knit games. and They were a very good team with 100 wins. Very good. But eventually, I think the lack of hitting will eventually catch up to them. They you know, lost a couple of pieces that I did like on their offense. I lose a couple of pieces here and there. Shane Baz is down early in the season. I don't know if they're going to give McClanahan 
180 plus innings. So there are some question marks. Again, a lot of what they do with to get to 100 wins, everything fell right. Just on a normal basis, you expect Tampa Bay to take a slight step back, and a slight step back could be 95 wins. Slight step back here, to me, is about 92-93 wins. It's a very good season, but I get them back at about 92-93, barely ahead of the Boston Red Sox because of some of the losses that they did have and because of the uncertainty in that rotation. Next up is the team that everybody absolutely loves, and that's the Toronto Blue Jays. Everyone's on the Blue Jays. Everyone's on this young team. And oh my goodness, you got to love the Blue Jays. They won 91 games last year. I think they're basically the same team. Okay, as far as wins-wise. 91-92 wins. And I'll give them a slight nudge above Tampa or Boston. But you could have put Toronto in fourth place where they finished last year. And I would have been fine about that. Because look, while Vladimir Guerrero and the offense looked fantastic, let's not forget they played a good chunk of games in Dunedin, which is a tiny ballpark. Now, I don't think that that's going to really hamper a, you know, a future just dynamo like Vladimir Guerrero or current, really. I don't think that's going to do that. But this team is a very young team. And being a young team, you expect huge things and great things. But there also can be one or two guys that maybe take a, a, a small step backwards. If Vladimir Guerrero doesn't chase a triple crown this year, do they get to 90 wins, 91 wins? I'm not sure. Now, you look at the offense, and there's not a lot of things there that you can nitpick negative. But I can nitpick this bullpen specifically, and I certainly can pick nitpick the starting rotation. You look at the Toronto Blue Jays, and you go, everything fell right for them. They played in a band back box ballpark. Their best player traced, chased a triple crown. Even if you believe all of that can happen in some way, shape, or form again, they still lost the Cy Young Award winner. And you can replace him with Jose Barrios to an extent. And sure, you know, you hope that you know, Ryu comes back a little bit better. Ryu didn't look too good. Gaussman's coming over from the National League to the American League in, in a very small park. Now to the East. Well, that's a problem. I can't expect a team to still keep this up and to elevate after losing someone like the season that Robbie Ray just had. I can't do that. So that leaves the New York Yankees. I was not happy about the New York Yankees for most of their offseason because it was a kind of a kid that was promised a bicycle for Christmas and wound up getting a, a lot of good gifts, just not a bicycle, right? And that was kind of the idea of the New York Yankees here. But they did get better. They got better from what they were to start the year last year. Remember, Jay Bruce is the starting first baseman, okay? They got better. They got lefty bats, and they got gamers. Josh Donaldson's a gamer, okay? Uh, you look at IKF, you know, he's a gamer. Rizzo adds that lefty bat. Joey Gallo is going to be better than what he showed in his brief stint. Stanton looked better. Judge looks like an MVP candidate. Garrett Cole, I'm not believing in the sticky stuff stigma. Now, the New York Yankees, to me, are not a 100-win team. And they have a lot of flaws. They have a lot of flaws. I do worry about, you know what? Well, you know, the Yankees are not exactly the same team to go out there and make a move during the break. I get all that. But I still look at this Yankees team with enough to win this division. What is it going to be? I don't see them at 100 wins. Again, I got them about 95, 96 wins. Their over-under on the season is 94 and a half. I know my buddy Tim out there, who I said, oh, man, I love the Yankees. And he's not a Yankee fan. He's actually an O's fan. He said, I love the Yankees over 94 and a half. And I said, yeah, I like it, but I don't love it. I think that nobody in this division wins 100 games because it's so pent up. Last year, four teams were divided by nine games. I'm going to say this year, four teams might divide it by, I don't know, six games. That's how close I think this is. But I do have the Yankees going to the playoffs and winning that division. Let's go to the Central. And the Central has a lot of shakeup, a lot of 
interesting teams here. I think bottom of the barrel is the Cleveland Indians. Look, I love Shane Bieber, and I like Jose Ramirez. Outside of that, I don't like a lot. Jimenez can run a little bit, and and you have a couple of guys here and there. Savali's okay. I love Emmanuel Classe at the end, and maybe Karinczak can turn it around. Cleveland, though, 80-82 and last year. They overachieved. Now, I, I do think Shane Bieber gives them a little bit of a nudge, and he's a little underrated, but I just don't see anything in this Cleveland team. They're selling everybody. It looks like they want no payroll, and I think it's going to show up onto the field. Minnesota was in last place last year with 73 wins. I think Cleveland takes about a 7 or an 8 win knockdown from 80 wins, and they get to 72, 73 wins, which should be good for last place. Speaking of that Minnesota Twins team, everything fell off the rails for this Twins team. They go out, they sign Carlos Correa. I don't see it being a big difference because I still don't think this team can pitch. I don't think that Joe Ryan's the answer. I think he's a nice arm, but he's more designated to be a number three. When you get rid of Jose Berrios and you just leave that big giant hole in the middle of your ace rotation, it's a problem. Minnesota might be able to hit a little bit here. It may be able to field a little bit, maybe get a little bit better luck. But overall, they went from 73 wins. I can't see them getting to 500, so I have them under 500. The Royals are intriguing. 74 wins last year, okay? The books have them at 77 and a half wins. I'm kind of like the over. This is a Royals team that can run, run, run. Mondesi and Witt can run, and Merrifield can run. And this entire team is going, Nicky Lopez is going to steal you 15, 20 bases. This entire team can run, and they can play a little offense. It's the pitching that is the question mark. They do have a lot of first-round draft picks. They're all young, but they have a lot of first-round draft picks, a lot of young guys. Can they tap into any of that? I don't think they're going to be massively better than the Twins, but I think, look, look, last year they had 74 wins. I think they could get to about 80. So I got the Twins and the Royals right around 80. I got Cleveland about 73 or so, which means I got the Detroit Tigers in second place. Detroit last year won 77 games. I like the moves they made. I wish Riley Green was up here and, you know, looking better than he was. Austin Meadows is going to be out there. I think Riley Green's going to contribute this year. I think Torkelson's going to contribute this year. I think the offense is going to be a lot better than what we're used to. And this pitching staff, Scooble's pretty good. Mize looks good. I like Eduardo Rodriguez pickup. I don't like their bullpen. And I'm not saying that this is a team that is going to go out there and light the world on fire. But I think 500 is within reach. And 500 in this division is a second-place finish. They won 77 games last year. Could I see a 10-game improvement and them get to 87 wins? Maybe. If I squint real hard, I can. But I do think they get about a 5- or 6-game improvement to get over 500. Which leaves the White Sox. 93 wins, 69 losses last year. They were 53-win team at home. Absolutely the best record in the American League at home, which is just fantastic. They could not win away. They were a game under 500 away. The Lance Lynn news that just came up, uh, where he's going to miss about a month, really does bother me because I did think their rotation was great. Dylan Cease is fantastic. Lots of upside there. Giolito's fantastic. The back end of their bullpen is really good. Uh, Robert getting touted as an MVP candidate. Eloy Jimenez getting touted as an MVP candidate. Tim Anderson should always be in the conversation. I like everything this White Sox team does. Again, I think we're looking at another blow away. Last year, they won the division by 13 games. I think they win it again by 10 to 15 games with no problems. They get into the mid 90s, 95, 96 wins. I do like this White Sox team. Going to the West here, bottom of the barrel, the Oakland A's who sold everyone, 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 and everyone. I mean, I think Billy Bean was even sold. The A's are at the bottom of the barrel. They won 86 games. I have no idea how last year. 
Last year, the Texas Rangers were in last place with 60 wins. I think they flip-flop here. I think Oakland wins uh, 60 games this year. They, they are just a bad team. And to me, they're a bet-against team the entire season. They are devoid of talent. They have really ripped the heart out of the, the middle of this team and just said, you know, we, we don't care. I don't like that a team doesn't care. I don't like that they're telling their players they don't care. They don't even have a lot of young studs coming up. No, they're a 60-win, 100-loss team. It's between them and Baltimore, who's the worst team in the American League. I mentioned the Rangers. I said flip-flop. No, the Rangers aren't winning 86 games. They won 60 last year. I think they're improved. I think Seager certainly improves them. I like uh, some of the arms they picked up. I think they are an improved team. But again, how much improvement? Are the Rangers going from a 60-win team to an 80-win team and threatening 500? No, you're not getting a 20-win differential here. But can they win 70 games? 75 even? I don't know. Yeah, I got him more closer to the 70. Win 72-73. That's where I'm looking. I'm not touching the over-under. I think it's pretty close. Uh, the Rangers can surprise at times. I think they'll be a decent underdog in some spots. But guys, do not bet the Texas Rangers away, who had 57 road losses last year, the most in the American League. Next up, I'm going with the team that everybody loves. Everybody loves the Seattle Mariners. Uh, look, they won 90 games last year. I think they take a step back. Jared Kelnick is struggling. I know I love Julio Rodriguez. I mean, this guy looks like he's going to jump onto the scene and be fantastic. Robbie Ray is not having a Cy Young year. The pitching staff will take a step back. I don't like their bullpen. There are some nice pieces here. There certainly are. And if Seattle goes out there and wins another 90 games and gets to the playoffs, I'm not going to be shocked. But I'm down on them a little bit. I'm down on them enough to say I don't think that they're an under 500 team, sure. But I also don't think they're a 90-win team. To me, they're 85, 86 wins, which in this division gets you third place. Because I have the Houston Astros, a 95-win team, taking a pretty large step back. Give me Houston struggling to get to 90 wins. Verlander's nice, but they're going to watch his innings. You lose some key contributors there. You lose some key veterans in that rotation. I don't know what that rotation is, and I love Presley on the back end, but getting to Presley is a problem. Now, Kyle Tucker might win an MVP, and he is in my short list of winning the MVP. Jordan Alvarez is fantastic. Bregman, if he can stay healthy, if he can stay healthy, is great. Yeah, we get all the bats. Altuve is at the the other side of his career, and I think we start to see a little bit more of that this year. Gurriel is getting up there in age. There are some key contributors here to the Houston Astros that I just don't love. And 95 wins was really, really impressive last season. 51-30 and 30 at home was very impressive last season. The offense will carry them. I just don't see them to 95 wins. I think they struggled to get to 90, which means I have the Los Angeles Angels as the first-place team. Once again, I have a team barely winning over 90. I got the Angels at 90-91 wins, but winning this division with 90-91 wins. Now, they won 77 games last year where Otani stood on his head. I get it, but there was no Mike Trout at all. Mike Trout, to me, you know, look, he's a, he's a five-win player, right? So you give him five wins, that's 82 wins. All of a sudden, they're a 500 team. Now I got to go out there and find about eight or nine more wins. Well, I think the addition of Joe Adele is going to be fantastic. People forget how good Joe Adele could be. I think he's absolutely going to be fantastic. Anthony Rendon was banged up. All right, let's say Joe Adele's good for one win. Let's say Anthony Rendon's good for two wins. Oh, here we go. Now we're starting to boost up. This is going to be one of the best lineups in all of baseball. Then you start to look at their bullpen. I like the things that they did. Ryan Tapera, bringing him in in, uh, with 
Inglacius, hey, that's a good one-two pairing. I think that gets you one or two extra wins. Yeah, there you go. You start to rebuild that pitching staff a little bit. Not that I'm a huge fan of Noah Syndergaard, but Syndergaard has to give you a bump up one or two extra wins because they finally have a number one starter. So with all the things that I, I said, you look at this team and you say, okay, Trout gives you a couple of wins. Rendon gives you a couple of wins. Joe Adele steal a win or two for you. Ryan Tapera steal a win or two for you. Hold on, Noah Syndergaard... And- And all of a sudden, 77 turns into 91 or 92 wins. I think it's the Angels' year. I think if they are close and they are in this thing, they will absolutely go out there and try to buy a starter. They're going to try to do everything they can. They will trade. They have a pretty decent, I'm not going to say great, but a pretty decent, vast assortment of guys that they could deal. Uh, You know, if you wanted, for example, a Shane Bieber, you could start the conversations with Joe Adele, right? I mean, there you go. So they have a lot that I do like. This is more a product of me being down on the West than it is all up on the Angels. I think they win 90, 91, 92 games, something like that. Give me the over for the Angels, and I got the Angels winning the division. So I have the Angels, White Sox, and Yankees. Who's going to win the the wild card? Well, you know, I just couldn't decide, guys. There's going to be three wild cards. I couldn't decide between Boston, Tampa, and Toronto. So I'm putting them all in. Look, sorry about you guys in Detroit. You probably, Detroit... You know what? You're probably a year early. I'm going to be all over you guys in 2023. As far as Seattle and Houston, be mad all you want. You're probably going to get one of those spots. But I couldn't decide who I like more, Houston or Seattle. And then I don't want to slight somebody from the East who I do think all have an opportunity. And it would be kind of a unique way. So that's what I'm going with. As far as the representative for the American League in the World Series, I... I was all over the White Sox before Lance Lynn went down. I still have to be on the White Sox. I think that the White Sox go out there and they beat the Yankees on en route. I don't think that the Yankees can get there unless Luis Severino really changes things around and really turns around and becomes that guy, that solid, strict number two player. So I got the White Sox going to the World Series here, guys. Again, anybody from Houston or Seattle, I get it if you're angry. I, I understand it. Everybody else, I think he gave you a pretty fair shake. I would love to hear from you guys. You know, remember, Sports Garden, G-A-R-T-E-N, over at Facebook and Twitter. All right, let's take a quick timeout. When we get back, we will talk about the National League. We'll also go into some betting trends and stats as well. All that and more right after this, right here on Wagering Week. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. And now back to Wagering Week with Tom Barton. I bet you 20 bucks I can get you gambling before the end of the day. No way. I'll give you three to one odds. You're on. What are the odds? What are the odds? We're talking about Major League Baseball, Major League Baseball odds. Well, let's talk about some team totals. We'll go over all of them right here. I told you right at the bottom of the barrel, the Baltimore Orioles are at 62 and a half. That's the team total. All this by BetMGM, by the way. Pittsburgh, 64 and a half. Arizona, 66 and a half. The Oakland A's and their decreasing salary, 68 and a half. Colorado's at 69 and a half. 
The Washington Nationals, Juan Soto, 70 and a half. Cincinnati, 73 and a half. Now, the Cubs, Kansas City, and Texas are all tied at 74 and a half. Cleveland and Miami, 76 and a half. The Detroit Tigers, 77 and a half. Yeah, I'm looking at that over. 81 and a half for Minnesota to get to 500. 84 and a half are the Angels, Seattle, and St. Louis. You can see where I'm leaning some of those. Boston and San Francisco, 85 and a half. The Philadelphia Phillies, 86 and a half. The Mets and Padres, 88 and a half. The Mets down quite a few notches after DeGrom. 89 and a half for Milwaukee, 90 and a half Tampa Bay, 91 and a half the Yankees and Atlanta, 92 and a half wins Houston, Toronto, and the White Sox, and 98 and a half total wins the LA Dodgers. That is what are the odds? You know, guys, I mean, look, you know, you got some some big numbers out there. You got some big odds out there in some teams, but there's a lot, um, there's a lot to like. I mean, there is a lot to like. Look, just off the bat for me, I, I think the Dodgers win 100 games, but I don't know if I love taking the over 98 and a half, but, but I like the Dodgers to win over 100 games. The White Sox are going to be right there, too close to call. Houston, Toronto, probably right there. I probably like the under in Houston. I, but again, it's not attractive enough to bet. Same thing with the Yankees in Atlanta. Same thing with Tampa. I like Milwaukee. Now, I'll tell you, I got Milwaukee over 88 wins. Now, it's up to 89 and a half. I've seen it up to 90. I got them at 88, and I love it there. I think they're a 90-win team. So I, I like the Milwaukee over. San Diego and the Mets, not touching it. Now, I got to know health-wise for big-time names like Tatis and DeGrom, which is still up in the air. Philadelphia over 86 and a half. And now, again, here's something else I got. I got this at 84 and a half. So absolutely loving that one. Boston, San Francisco, probably feel good about the Boston over 85, but not going to touch that. I do like the Angels over 84 and a half. Seattle, St. Louis, not sure. Minnesota, I won't touch to get to 500, although I lean under. I lean over for Detroit, 77 and a half. Cleveland, Miami, I kind of lean under Cleveland, and I'm not going to make a bet there. Cubs, KC, Texas. I kind of like KC over the 74 and a half. I, I kind of like that. Cincinnati, Washington, Colorado, Oakland, Arizona, Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Uh, too close to call. Uh, my, my big picks are, look, I like Milwaukee a lot. I, I've already jumped on that. The number's not so good anymore, but I've jumped on Milwaukee, and I have jumped on Philadelphia. Those are my two. All right, let's go to the National League. Let's talk a little National League baseball. We're started off in the National League East at the bottom of the barrel. Bottom rung again. Hey, I think the Washington Nationals are going to be the worst team in the league here again. Last year was a little bit of a surprise that Miami leapfrogged them. They won 65 games last year, 97 losses, 51 losses on the road. Uh, Washington, look, Juan Soto is fantastic, but after that, the cupboard is bare. They just don't have a lot. They don't have a lot of pitching. They have a, Look, they have a couple of good young players that you could get excited about, but they're just not there yet. Washington, in a tough division, is going to struggle to win games. Miami would be my next team. Now, Miami, uh, they were a team I was excited about last year. I think Don Manning was a fantastic coach, and, and I was all into them. And then they started to get banged up. And now, all of a sudden, look, Sixto is out, and, and you look at their rotation has taken a couple of knocks here in the spring. They did grab a guy like Jorge Soler, which is a nice addition to the bat, and I think that they are underrated offensively. This team can't win on the road. 25 away wins the entire season, 56 losses. Absolutely putrid. Uh, the most away losses outside of the Arizona Diamondbacks in the entire uh, National League. I mean, 
they are a team that I want to buy into. 67 wins last year. Hey, I think they could improve. I think they could get to 77 wins. Uh, maybe even, maybe, I mean, can I dare say they threaten 500? Sure. But they're not going to be a threat in this division. Then you got the three teams that all could very potentially win this division. You have the New York Mets at 77 wins last year, 85. They they are, by the way, 19% of the handle to win the World Series of anybody that is making any bets. Everybody loved them. Everybody jumped on top of them. And then what happened? Jacob DeGrom got injured for the season. Max Scherzer is a guy that was limping around. And he got both of these injuries. The Mets are still the New York Mets. It's a problem. Look, 77 and 85 last year. I feel comfortable enough to say they're an over 500 team. I'll even flip it around. Give me 85 and 77, and I'm okay with that. But that's not good enough for this division. I think the Mets could even threaten 90. But if Jacob DeGrom doesn't pitch until mid-July, or maybe not at all, and Max Scherzer's getting up there in age, and maybe a couple of guys don't click because J.D. Davis wants off this team and Dom Smith wants off, off this team, I, you know, Robinson Cano is not the answer here, guys. I'll say 85 and 77, but I don't love going above that. Next, I'm going the Atlanta Braves. 88 wins, World Series championship. It all clicked for them without Ronald Acuna. Now they're going to have to do it without Freddie Freeman. I know you say Matt Olson comes in, and maybe he'll have similar numbers, but it's not going to be the same kind of feel as Freddie Freeman. I also think it's really hard to do two years in a row. I don't love their bullpen already injured with Luke Jackson, who was a main cog of that bullpen. Well, that's a problem. Their starting rotation is good, but it's more playoff ready than it is regular season. They don't go deep into games. They don't consistently go out there and give you six, seven, eight innings. No, these are five inning guys. And eventually that breaks you down over the course of the season. They won 88 games last year. How about this? I'll give them 88 games again this year. I think 88 and 73 is a perfectly fine mark for Atlanta again. But this year, it doesn't win the division because I got the Philadelphia Phillies. Philadelphia won two games over 500 last year. Look, they had an MVP candidate. They had a Cy Young. But Aaron Nola looked like garbage. Philadelphia didn't get a lot from Alec Bohm. They didn't get a lot from Reese Hopkins. Uh, they expect a lot more from him. They didn't get a lot from a lot of guys that I expect more from this year. Aaron Nola is the key here. Look, Aaron Nola, you could get it about 14-1 to 1 to win the Cy Young, and I kind of like it. I think he has a really good year. Him with Wheeler, man, I like that 1-2 combination. I don't love their bullpen because it's not stable. It's not set. But they have plenty of options in the bullpen. They have a lot of guys that they could go to, and I expect one of those guys to step up. I don't think that Bryce Harper actually turns around and has you know a bad season here. Um, he might take a slight step back. Uh, but the numbers should be pretty good. Look, I like Philly. I'm buying in on their offense. I'm buying in on our pitching staff. And I think they do just enough in the bullpen to get to about 90 wins. And I got a 90 wins winning this thing. I like Philadelphia team total over. Um, and I think that Atlanta, you know, it is not a slight to the Atlanta Braves. I respect what they do. But 88 wins last year won the division. 88 wins this year, just not going to win the division. But I think they're going to be about the same. All right, let's go to the Central. Pittsburgh, 61-101. and 101. I see the same thing. I mean, what else? Look, what, what else do you see in, in Pittsburgh? Reynolds was good. Reynolds might be traded, though. You know, I mean, he may go. David Bednar is one of their absolute studs, and they're saying maybe he's not going to close games. Why? Because they're too worried about their pocketbook. There's a lot in Pittsburgh to not like. There really is. And they, they'll run into a couple of wins here and there, but this is a team that you can't go with. Uh, 24 wins total on the road last year. That is just pathetic. I think Pittsburgh is another 100-loss season. Not much to talk about them one way or the other. The Cubs would come next, but I'm putting 
the Cincinnati Reds to fail. Now, the Cubs won 71 games last year. I think that's what Cincinnati does here. Look, Cincinnati is actively trying to lose. I mean, they're dealing everybody, uh, everybody off this team. And maybe more guys will even go. Luis Castillo might find his way off of this team. You know, you look at the Reds and you go, I think that they have a 10-game worse number. So that's 83. That goes down to 73. That's about where I expect them. I don't see big things from the Reds. Now, they do have a couple of new guys in the rotation. A guy like Green could be pretty good. But I think the Cubs leapfrogged them. And I don't love anything that the Cubs did. But they won 71 games last year. I think they could win 78, 79, maybe even 80 games this year. I like Suzuki. I think very quietly Hendricks has a little bit of a bounce back. I think very quietly you can have a decent showing by Marcus Stroman. And you look at the Cubs and you say... Look, I don't think they're very good, but in a bad division, you're going to run into wins. You're going to play the Reds and the Pittsburgh Pirates a couple of times. They're not going to get just swept out of the building by Milwaukee and St. Louis. So I think the Cubs probably under 500, but not that far under. They're a third-place team. None of them are in playoff contention, though. These two teams are in playoff contention. I have the St. Louis Cardinals. They won 90 games last year. Yeah, I think it's about about right. I got them at 89 wins this year. I think they're right exactly there. One of the reasons I'm saying take a step back, look, I love Goldschmidt. I love O'Neill. I love Arenado. I like all that. I don't know if I can expect a Cy Young caliber year out of Adam Wainwright like we just got. I think he's very good. I don't know if I can expect that. I'm not sure what I could expect from Yadier Molina. Albert Pulse is a great story. What am I going to get out of him? John Flaherty, look, uh, Flaherty being injured is the biggest contributor here and the shakeup in the bullpen. Massive talent with with the arms there. I mean, even going down as, as far as Hicks and Cabrera, and you know, you have massive talent with the St. Louis Cardinals bullpen, but there's no established guy. I like an established guy there. So no slight to them. Look, if they were in the East, I might be picking them to win the division. I think they win 88, 89, 90 games. Kind of the same thing as last year. The Flaherty injury does worry me. The fact that people did play a little bit above their head. Again, I'm not sure if Paul Goldschmidt is competing for an MVP. I'm not sure if Adam Wainwright's going to be called for a Cy Young here and have his name in the mix. So little step back for some of those guys. But I do think a guy like Tyler O'Neill is just on the emergence. So I like St. Louis. They're going to make a wild card, just not as good as the team that I have in first place, the Milwaukee Brewers. Milwaukee won 95 games this year. I think they can win 100 this year. I think they're a 100-win team. Milwaukee has the best pitching staff in baseball, led by the best pitcher in baseball. We're talking about Corbin Burns. They have the best 1-2 in baseball when you're talking about Burns and Woodruff. They have the best 1-2-3 in baseball, Burns, Woodruff, and Peralta. And they have the best closer in baseball and a hater. By the way, maybe Devin Williams, yeah, he might be the best setup guy in baseball. I mean, their pitching is out of this world. And then you go to the hitting. And this has always been the problem with Milwaukee. What is their hitting? How are they? Well, Willie Adamas used to complain about not being able to see at the Trop, right? At Trop Counterfield, he couldn't see. Well, he goes over to Milwaukee, and for a while there, he was putting up MVP-type numbers. I think he could do it again. You look at Rowdy Telez. I think he's got a lot more left in the tank. This guy can bomb the ball out of the ballpark anywhere. You look around the field, Milwaukee's got a lot of decent players. They went out and they got Hunter Renfro. Hunter Renfro is a 30-35 home run guy. And then you look at the main cog in the middle of that lineup and Christian Yelich. If Christian Yelich gives you nothing, if Christian Yelich gives you exactly what you got from him last year, Milwaukee could still win this division with 95 wins. If Christian Yelich looks anything like he has in the past, and I'm not talking his MVP years, I'm talking about the other years, is a 100-win team. Now, if he gets back to MVP levels, we could be talking about historic Milwaukee team. I am all over them. I absolutely love them. And I love the fact that they could travel 50 and 31 on the road. Well, that's what good pitching does. By the way, they have depth. I like Aaron Ashby as well when you're talking about a fifth starter. 
Now you go to the West. The West, at the bottom of the barrel, Arizona had 52 wins. Colorado had 74. You know, I look, I don't see either one of these teams getting to 74 wins. I think Arizona can win about 60. And I think Colorado takes a little step back, back to about 65 or 70. So you can have two bad teams in this division. Look, Arizona could open up some eyes a little bit. They have the potential. I think Seth Beer is very underrated now. All of a sudden, you have a DH. He could pop the ball out of the ballpark. I like Rojas. I think Zach Gallen has a lot of talent if he can stay on the field. But, man, this bullpen is a mess. They're, they're two, three, four, five starters are garbage. They, they don't hit a whole lot. They have a good, bright, young future. Yeah, I like Arizona's future, but just not right now. Colorado, I could say a lot of the same things. A good future, a lot of good stuff, but I don't like the bullpen. After Jermaine Marquez, I don't like that they got rid of John Gray. I don't like anybody in the pitching staff. It wouldn't shock me to see either one of these teams or both of these teams you know, lose 100 games this year. It could be both. So now we go to the one, two, three. And the one, two, three that we all thought, look, San Diego had 79 wins last year and the San Francisco Giants had 107, 107. But here's the thing with San Francisco and why I'm putting them in third place. It's not that I didn't really believe in that team last year. They did win a lot of late games, a lot of close games. Okay. They were not a fluke. They were not a fluke, but they lost a massive piece of that team in Buster Posey. Forget about the offense. By the way, he was fantastic offensively. The pitch framing, the handling of the young bullpen, all of that matters, and they're going to lose that. They also lose Kevin Gaussman. Yeah, you can like him or not like him, whatever it was. The guy was a fantastic pitcher last year. I also don't love the the fact that they're turning to Duval and just saying, okay, you're going to have to close their job and run with it. I actually think Rodgers should be the guy there. You look at their lineup. I don't expect Brandon Belt to turn back into a 35 home run guy. I don't expect Brandon Crawford to all of a sudden be an MVP. Evan Longoria's already banged up. You know, you look at the Giants and you go 107 wins. Every single thing fell right for them. Now, I do not think that they are a 500 team, but I think that they're not far over that. You know, 85, 86 wins is about it. San Diego, I got them right there. I'm having a hard time deciding between San Diego and San Francisco, but I gave San Diego a little notch up. Look, San Diego made a move for Sean Manaya, which means they're going to try to make moves. You hear their rumors that they're trying to go get Jose Ramirez. So I'll give San Diego the benefit of the doubt there. They're trying to make some moves. You Darvish has all the potential in the world, but he had a terrible second half. Fernando Tatis, guy can't stay on the field. I mean, they do have some holes in their team. You do hope that a guy like Kim can step up and Cronenworth keep this going. But there is some doubt about San Diego. The thing with San Diego is that I know that they're going to try to make moves. I know that they will spend. I also know that they have the guys to go do it. They can have the talent to go step up. That leaves the Dodgers. 106 wins last year. I think in their sleep, they win 100 this year. They are a regular season dynamo. Now, there is some question marks. Walker Bueller doesn't go deep into games, doesn't really pitch 200 innings. Clayton Kershaw will not pitch more than 180 innings, doesn't go deep into games, right? Uh, You look at Julio Urias, they're not going to let him go 180, 200 innings, doesn't pitch deep into games. But it doesn't matter. Dodgers' bullpen is absolutely fantastic, and it just got better. Blake Trinan uh, setting up uh, with... uh, (laughs) Bruiser, greater all. I mean, that's fantastic. And now you got Kimbrell on the back end. You even got a guy like Tommy Canely coming back. You lose AJ Pollock, but Gavin Lux, I think, fills in nicely. If I thought Cody Bellinger could be back to any kind of semblance of what he was, I would say there's another 106, 107 win season. But because I don't believe fully in that, and I think the Dodgers are bound to take a little bit of a step back. LA Dodgers, they're going to win 100 games. They might win 102, 103. I just don't see the 106 again. By the way, 106 was not good to win first place. 
So that's the way I'm shaking it out. Look, Philadelphia, Milwaukee, and the Dodgers. So who gets my wild cards? Uh, this is this is the tough situation. Look, I think Atlanta gets a wild card. I, I I think St. Louis gets a wild card. And now I'm deciding between San Diego, San Francisco, or potentially the New York Mets. And I will tell you, it wouldn't shock me if the Mets got in. It wouldn't shock me if the Mets got in because it all depends on DeGrom. If Jacob DeGrom pitches before the All-Star break, the Mets are my last wild card team. If DeGrom does not pitch until then, the Mets probably are going to be behind the eight ball in a very tough division where San Diego and San Francisco could go out there and clean up on Colorado and Arizona. I know you could say, well, the Mets have Miami and Washington. I get it. I think it's going to be a one-game difference between all these teams. But in the end, it's really not going to matter because I just don't believe in any of these teams long-term. The Dodgers are going to the playoffs, and the Dodgers are going to be there for the National League Championship Series, but it's going to be against Milwaukee. And I always say good pitching beats good hitting. The L.A. Dodgers have fantastic hitting. Milwaukee has better pitching. I think this is the Milwaukee year. When you're turning around and you're looking at you know, Burns, Woodruff, Peralta, one, two, three. You can make an argument, and I'll come out there and say it this year. I think one, two, three are all in the top 10 of Cy Young voting. That's how much I believe in this Milwaukee Brewers team. And you want to talk to me about Walker Bueller, Clayton Kershaw? Sure. Walker Bueller is not as good as Corbin Burns. Clayton Kershaw, at this point in his career, with injuries and stuff, is not Brandon Woodruff. And that's blasphemy to say, but it's the truth. And you get into the playoffs, it's even more so. So, I have Milwaukee going to the World Series against the Chicago White Sox. And now the Milwaukee Brewers, you know, you can you can look at Milwaukee and you can say they don't have the hitting. And Chicago can match them in the pitching. I don't think so. I don't think anybody in baseball can match what Milwaukee has in the pitching department. I'm not talking only one, two, three. This team goes six deep. I said Ashby's going to be a five. He might be a six. And the whole thing is this. You look around the roster of the Milwaukee Brewers, right? And you look up and down that roster, and you look up and down that lineup, and you're trying to find reasons. Nobody can match their starting three. Nobody can match their starting three. And nobody can match their bullpen. Nobody can match their closer. So you have a pitching advantage over everyone, even the Dodgers, even the White Sox. So when you're starting to talk about that, now you're looking at the other team has to have extraordinarily better hitting. Now, look, the White Sox have a very good, a very good lineup. And the Dodgers have one of the best lineups in the history of baseball. But I'm not just brushing aside Milwaukee's lineup. Rowdy Telez, like I said, I think this guy could go for 30 bombs. Colton Wong looked pretty good last year. You look at a guy like Luis Urias, all right, I'm not not that eh, not that excited about him. But Andrew McCutcheon brings a veteran presence. Lorenzo Kane, I like him. Christian Yelich, I think he bounces back. Willie Adamas, Hunter Renfro. I don't think it's that terrible, okay? So when you're starting to go, okay, pitching, Milwaukee. Bullpen, Milwaukee. Lineup, definitely going to be the Dodgers, definitely going to be the White Sox. How much do I believe in pitching over the hitting? I, I, I believe in it massively. I still believe in this day and age that pitching is better than hitting. Pitching can still, good pitching can still shut down hitting. And I think that that's the case this year. So while a case can be made for the Dodgers, sure, that's chalk, that's easy. Now that's chalk, that's easy. And it's hard for me to argue against anybody that wants to say that the Dodgers are going to step up and the Dodgers are going to do it. And look at what the Dodgers team is. 
case can be made for the White Sox. And I, maybe maybe if Lance Lynn was 100% healthy, I'd be singing a little bit different of a tune. I got the White Sox going to the World Series. It's no slight to them. Just think Milwaukee is just that good. When you have the combination of those three, it's starting to reminisce and make me think of those old Braves teams where it's just one, two, three, dynamite bullpen, can't get out of your own way. You're off every night. You just can't get a good swing together. That is something to watch. And this is a team in Milwaukee that does have a bright future, but I think that the future might be now for Milwaukee. I think it's now to grab this team, grab this team where we look at it and we go, man, in a day and age where the ball's flying out of the park, their their pitching is just phenomenal. Talking about the future, let's go back to the future. We're sending you back to the future. Okay, all right. Bet to the future. Let's go bet to the future. Bet to the future while I have the odds. Most likely teams to make the playoffs for baseball this year. The Dodgers are minus 1,000. Yeah, they're making the playoffs here, guys. Astros minus 400. White Sox and Yankees and the Blue Jays are also minus 400. Braves come in at minus 300. Padres minus 275. Milwaukee minus 250. Mets, Rays minus 225 each. The Phillies minus 130. Giants minus 135. Red Sox minus 115. And the Cardinals minus 110. That is bet to the future. I'm looking at this list and I'm like, you know what? I might I might throw a thousand dollars on the Dodgers to win a hundred bucks. <laughs> like the Dodgers are making it. Who, who else? I could see I could see a world where the Astros don't make it. I, I could see a world where the Yankees and the Blue Jays and the Braves don't make it and the Padres don't make it. Um, White Sox minus four hundred, little bit of value there. Brewers minus two fifty. I love the value there. I'm not laying two twenty five with the Rays, the Mets, even Philly. I, I think Philly wins the division, but minus one thirty. I don't like laying money. So if I'm going to bet anything here, you know, I'll lay the 400 with the White Sox. That's a big number, but I'll lay it. I can't see a world where they don't make it. And I love the 250 uh, with Milwaukee. I mean, they're making it. And if you really want to do it, lay, if you got the 1000 to win 100 bucks, you know, you want it to just kind of stand out there and just kind of be. <laughs> go, bet, go bet the Dodgers. Got $1,000 just to, to let it sit. You want to just let it sit, sit around? Just accumulate. Yeah, there you go. All right. Let's get back into it here in Major League Baseball. I, I gave you guys my World Series winners, my division winners, my wild card teams. Uh, what about some some individual awards here? And I, I don't go all the way into, like, manager of the year and things like that. I mean, if I'm – you have to kind of see how it all plays out for for stuff like that. I mean, I could see – I could see Detroit in that running. I could see the Angels in that running, you know, but you, you never know uh, with manager of the year. When when you're talking about you know, the National League, I, I mean, Milwaukee will be there, but maybe, I, I mean, maybe Girardi, maybe. I, I I won't touch, I won't touch any of that. When you're talking about comeback player of the year, probably won't touch that either. As far as Cy Young and MVP, well, in the American League, this is how I break it down. When we're talking about the Cy Young, um, it's kind of Garrett Cole and then who's going to steal the award. And that's just what it is. Look, Garrett Cole is the best pitcher in the American League. Garrett Cole might be the best pitcher in all of baseball. But we know from recent history, and not so recent history, Derek Jeter deserved an MVP. They didn't allow him to have it. Okay? Uh, Aaron Judge deserved an MVP. They didn't allow him to have it. We, we know that. Last year, Garrett Cole deserved the MVP. They did not allow him to have it. So there is an anti-Yankee bias. Do I think that Garrett Cole finishes the year... With numbers that should be MVP worthy? Yeah, I do. 
I think Gary Cole should be the MVP next year. I think Garrett Cole should have been the MVP. I'm sorry, Cy Young. I think he should have been Cy Young last year. But I don't think he's going to win it because there's an anti-Yankee bias. No one from Toronto is going to win it. I don't think anybody out there from Boston. Now, you can make a case of Shane McClanahan uh, over there in Tampa, but I don't think he's going to get enough starts. Houston, uh, Vernalanda won't get enough starts, and there's nobody secondary there. Seattle, Robbie Ray's not doing it two years in a row. The Angels, as good as Syndergaard is, he's not going to get the starts. So, really, this comes down to who do we like on a non-playoff team or who do we like in a spot like the White Sox? Lance Lynn could have been a guy. Lucas Giolito could be there. Dylan Cease. I like Giolito, but he's too up and down for my taste to take a shot at the Cy Young. Certainly can win it. He could put it all together, and he could win 20 games. So, here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to say that the winner will be from a non-playoff team, and I'll say Shane Bieber. You know, I look, I think it should be Garrett Cole. It makes sense it's Garrett Cole this year. I could I could see if Giolito tries to steal it, maybe, but I think it's Garrett Cole and everyone else. But I could see Shane Bieber for sure, especially if the Guardians make a move and say, all right, maybe we try to move him. That makes sense. As far as the American League MVP, here we go again. You're going to be in a position where a lot of players are going to get hurt by their own teammates. Aaron Judge and, and Stanton, right? They're going to kind of cancel each other out. Devers and Bogarts and Story cancel each other out. Tampa Bay doesn't have the hitting. Toronto, look, unless Vlad does what he, does what he uh, did last year, you know, Bo Bichette might cancel him out a little bit. But Vlad makes the obvious sense for a push there. In the White Sox, I mean, the lineup, everyone's looking at Robert, and I'm sitting there going, yeah, you know what? Eloy Jimenez is my guy. Again, canceling each other out. There's nobody else really in that division. Houston, Kyle Tucker makes a lot of sense to me, but I do worry about Jordan Alvarez. So I can see Kyle Tucker, and I might throw a little bit of coin on Kyle Tucker. You could get him at about 25 to 1 odds. It makes a little sense. I think Aaron Judge will be right in the running. I think Aaron Judge is going to be right there. Again, the anti-Yankee bias. So I'm going to go with the guy that I think comes back. I think he hits 50 bombs this year. I think he chases an MVP because he's close to another triple crown. And I'm saying Mike Trout gets the win. And Mike Trout, for the first time ever, you can get him at like four, plus 450, plus 400 to win the MVP. I'm saying Mike Trout's your MVP, especially if the Angels get first place like I think they can. All right, let's go to the National League. We're talking about Cy Young. I, I mentioned Aaron Nola makes a lot of sense to me. It's really difficult to go up against Burns and Woodruff and what that machine can be there. A lot of people are going to pick Walker Bueller as well. All right, I get it. But to me, look, if you have Woodruff and Burns 1-2, they're going to sort of cancel each other out. And I don't think the Dodgers are going to really need Walker Bueller at the end of the year when a lot of the guys are doing a recency bias kind of thing. If the Philadelphia Phillies do what I expect them to do, Aaron Nola is a value play. And I'll take the value play here with Aaron Nola to win the Cy Young. Let's go to the MVP. This gets a little bit more interesting. <clears throat> there is a lot of... Um, a lot of question marks around many guys here when we're talking about the MVP. Ronald Acuna can certainly be in the mix, but wait a minute, Austin Riley's on his own team, and Acuna's probably not going to run early in the season. Bryce Harper could come back and do it for a second time. Most of the time, voters don't like to do it two years in a row. You look about uh, St. Louis, you got Arenado, you got O'Neill, you got Goldschmidt. I don't know if one stands out from the rest. Same thing with the Dodgers. The lineup is just so stacked. Trey Turner can certainly win this thing, but it's so stacked that are, is someone going to stand out from the rest there really head and shoulders? 
I'm going crazy on a betting standpoint. And at, I already put this down. I already put a hundred bucks down on this. It's only a hundred bucks, but I took a shot. Hundred to one odds. Willie Adamas, I think, can be the guy. They often like to kind of go with the team that comes out of nowhere. They like to go with the all-around player. He plays a good defensive position. I'm going Willie Adamas, but any of the other guys, I'm not going to jump on you if you go that route. That's where I'm going. It's a, it's a unique way, but I want to take a look there. Real quick, I do want to have a uh, conversation about what happened last season, just in certain situations. Look, the best pitching staffs last year, the best overall pitching staff last year was the L.A. Dodgers with a 3.01 ERA. San Francisco came next with a 3.24. Milwaukee, 3.50 overall team ERA. Tampa Bay and the White Sox. Top five hitting teams, Houston Astros, batting average-wise, 267. Toronto next, Boston, Washington, yeah, Washington, and the White Sox. But that's not always the story. Let's talk about the bullpens. Well, San Francisco had the best bullpen, under a three ERA, 299. The Dodgers, Tampa Bay, Yankees, and San Diego. That's a, a quick look back at last year. See if things can move over to this year. What about the teams that made you the most money? Well, Seattle and San Francisco were the two teams in each league that made everybody the most money. Why? Neither one of them was supposed to be very good, and both of them wound up being very good. So Seattle and San Francisco. Detroit also made you a lot of money, the third best team in baseball making you money. Tampa Bay, St. Louis, Boston, Milwaukee, Colorado, Cleveland, Toronto after that. So it shows you in Major League Baseball, you do not need to worry about well, if the team is good or if the team is not good, all you really need to go out there and do is try to find a situation where it makes sense because you could get plus money back and all of a sudden you're betting on bad teams, but you're betting on bad teams plus money. Betting on bad teams plus money, well, you're making money. How about the over-unders? Well, Arizona was 90-67 and 67 to the over. They, I mean, they're bad pitching, decent hitting, and... I expect more of the same of that. The Angels, again, their lineup is fantastic. Their pitching was not good last year. 87-72. and 72. Minnesota comes next. Houston, San Diego, Tampa Bay, Seattle. Other end of the spectrum, who are the best under teams? Colorado. The Colorado Rockies were the best under team in baseball last year. Let that sink in for a minute. Why? Because Colorado doesn't quite have the offense, but they still play in the band box. They still play in Colorado. So everybody assumes that the ball is going to be flying out of the ballpark. Everyone assumes all these things, and that means the lines makers move the lineup. 68 and 87, the best under team in baseball. Detroit sitting around at 67 and 87, also very good. Kansas City, the Mets, the Yankees, Toronto, and the Dodgers. You look at the Yankees, you look at the Dodgers, you look at even a team like the Mets, a lot of that is because of what people expected this team to be, what they expected an offense to be, what they thought it was going to be, which means the lines makers move the lines up, the lines makers have the lines higher than they probably should be, so that all has to come into account. That right there is how you have to look at Major League Baseball. When you start to see a team with a stacked lineup, oh my goodness, this is incredible. The Dodgers will probably be that early on. The Angels will be that early on. The Houston Astros will be that early on. Their lines are going to be affected a little bit more than an under team. And you can make money on the unders. Look at the Colorado Rockies. Look, I don't expect the Rockies to be the best under team in baseball again. But I'll tell you what, I'm not blindly betting overs on them. And I see a lot of people doing that. So we are maybe in a different generation of sports betting when we're talking about betting on baseball where it is not all starting pitching. And it used to be. And I get that. But a lot of it is still starting pitching. A lot of it, uh, at the basic crux of it all, is who is your starter? How good are they? 
And, you know, what is it going to be when you're talking about an over-under? What I often like to do, if you do like two starting pitchers, is I like to take a first five-inning play. You're talking about first five, it's just like a halftime score, right? You just chop it up, make it a first five-inning play. You're not worrying about bullpens. They don't get involved. So if you have a situation where you have Walker Bueller against Corbin Burns and and you don't want to deal with a bullpen, maybe you just take the under in the first five innings. That's a way to kind of combat this. And in Major League Baseball and Major League Baseball betting, there's all kinds of ways to kind of combat this. All right, guys, that's going to do it for me. I hope you enjoyed it, man. I am real pumped up for opening day. I know we had a couple of rainouts. And all right, you know what? The delay because of the labor negotiations and spring training and all that, it won't matter. It won't matter to baseball fans. You're going to get involved. You're going to be excited. You're going to get pumped up. Guys are going to start blasting the ball out, making great plays, and you're going to get sucked right back in. So get sucked back in right away. Enjoy it. Don't let the nonsense and the noise from the outside take away from your enjoyment of the baseball season. Everybody, enjoy the baseball season out there. I'm Tom Bart for Wagering Week. We'll be back, and you can bet on that. This has been a presentation of the Sports Garden Network. To be part of the show, call 1-855-4-GARTEN. That's 1-855-442-7386. Connect with us on Facebook and Twitter at Sports Garden. That's G-A-R-T-E-N. Get all your credible sports intelligence 24 hours a day by visiting us at sportsgarden.com. Reese's Peanut Butter Cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So... No, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba.